much stuff this time, actually, believe it or not. So You may have to actually carry the podcast today, because I have not had a couple, a good couple of days, and I'm just like, mentally, not here, physically, not here, emotionally, just pissy as hell. So, I expect you to just drag me over the finish line. Well, you're going to have to get happy in the same little britches you got upset in. That's all I got to say. But speaking of the podcast, what I do want to start off on, because I want to make sure that we don't work our way into this and end on this, because this is not something I want to end on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to don't really want to start on it either, but I want to hit it and then move on to other things. Okay. Because okay? I want to get the, the bad part out of the way first. Okay. Okay. Uh the world of wrestling took a really, a couple of really big hits this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Funk passed away. I believe it was on Thursday, Tuesday or Thursday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Sorry. And uh, and he and he was kind of. I mean, he was. It wasn't completely unexpected with Terry Funk, was it? Well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if you say it was expected, but he was an old man. Yeah. You know. He's like one of the OGs as far as it comes to uh, like hardcore wrestling, like the tables and chairs and stuff like baseball bats wrapped in barbed wire and crazy shit. You know, you tell thumb me tacks and all this kind of stuff. He and you know? Cactus Jack used to really just go at it. Yeah, and mankind so, used to just go crazy. So this was he had passed away. I think that happened on Wednesday. Yeah, and you know, and that wasn't really like a a major shock. It was a blow, but it wasn't a shock. Yeah, but the shock, the the utter shock. I mean, to the point where every single time I see something about this man on, uh, on TikTok, on TikTok or whatever, it's just like it reminds me of it all over again. I'm just like, this can't be real. Yeah, and that's. The unexpected death of Bray Wyatt. And, and com- completely out of the blue. Like, I, we saw the announcement on, uh, we were coming back from uh, the, the kids' uh, volleyball game on Thursday, and you're like, oh my God, Bray Wyatt's died. Is this true? Is this true? And, and it was just so weird and so out of the blue and so unexpected. He was 36 years old. Yeah, I mean, he already had some, like, not like major heart issues, but he did have some heart issues. And he had caught COVID, and he ended up getting complications from it. And even his, his father, you know, he, he's like a third-generation wrestler. His father was IRS, mm-hmm. and his grandfather was uh, Black Jack Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's got a brother that, I don't know if his brother is still in wrestling or not. That's uh, Bo Dallas. I'm was, not sure. Was, I'd was have his to his wrestling name. Yeah, I'd have to look. But, I mean, he, uh, he just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean. Well, it, he, he, okay, so he had COVID and he got, he got long COVID. You know, like most people recover from COVID and then that's it. You know, they're, they're, they're done with it. But some people get long COVID that, you know, they have uh, complications from it that can affect their heart, that can affect their brain, that can affect other organs in their body. You know, you have a lot of kids that get uh, affected with long COVID. They have a, is it Hashimoto's disease or? or oh, I don't know. It, 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 it's a disease that causes your organs to attack each other. 
you know, and so there's a lot of really terrible stuff that goes along with long COVID and Bray Wyatt apparently had it and it exacerbated a existing heart, heart problem. Condition. Yeah. And he just had a heart attack and fucking died Thursday. Yeah, like even his dad was like, hey, we were expecting him to do an in-ring to return soon because he was getting better. Yeah. I mean, he was like getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better. And then bam, died. Died. It was, I, I like, it, it's hard. I mean, this man, it had, doesn't seem real that he's, that he's okay. gone. You and know, he didn't have a wife. They were engaged. Okay. Him and Jojo. Okay. They were supposed, they were engaged. They didn't get a chance to have their wedding, but they do have four kids together. And they mm. were fair. They're all four fairly young children. Mm. Um, well, Bray, what, 36 is young as hell. And just that loss and just the loss to the wrestling world in general because of him, because there has not been a creative mind that has showed up in any of the wrestling organizations like him in a long time because this whole Wyatt family, the whole, the fiend, I mean, the The Firefly Firefly Funhouse, all that shit was not creative come up with that. No, Bray Wyatt came up with that. Bray Wyatt came up with all this stuff. You know, the Uncle Howdy thing. I mean, everything came from him and his mind. And I just don't see... I don't see how another person will ever be able to come in and create that type of eerie character. Because, like, he kind of took over the whole eerie character thing from Undertaker. Mm -hmm. And, like, to the point where Taker actually had a moment with him in the ring where he he basically passed the torch to this guy. I mean, and Taker even went to Vince McMahon himself and said, This guy right here, (laughs) you better take very good care of him Mm -hmm. because he's your future. Well, this is like I was talking with you about last night, and, and, and I apologize if I get emotional through this, because I'm, I'm an easy crier, and, you know, this guy's just awesome. But you've got, you've got characters like Undertaker. You've got characters like um, Finn Balor, who has Kane. the... Fin, you've got Kane. Finn Balor has the demon, um, the demon spawn, or whatever he demon calls King. it. Demon King. That he comes out as, as his character... And, you know, those are all great characters. And, and and Undertaker has the crowd control and, and everything else. But there was just... And if you look at the difference between when you saw Finn Balor's character, um, the Demon King, come out and get into the ring versus when you saw Bray Wyatt's The Fiend come out and get into the ring, it was a completely different type of crowd control. And Finn Balor wishes he had a quarter of the crowd control that Bray Wyatt had, because okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much wrestling you've watched, and I apologize if we're talking about stuff that you guys are not familiar with. But when Bray Wyatt would walk out, whether he was the demon, whether he was the fiend, whether he was Bray Wyatt, whether he was part of the Wyatt family, whether he was the Firefly Funhouse, it didn't matter. The arena would go dark, and everybody would turn on their cell phone lights. Yeah. And that was the Fireflies. And it was the most 
it took over. Yeah, I mean, chills. Yeah. Like, like seriously, like I'm getting chills thinking about it. Because it, and it was completely natural the first time it ever happened. Nobody had ever expected it to happen. Yeah, that's Somebody, one of those things that just happens that the crowd just started on their own. Yeah, and, and they it did spread. it. They did it responding to this character. And then that became their thing. The Wyatt family would walk out, and it was all the fireflies. And he crowd. started acknowledging them, calling them the fireflies. Calling them the fireflies. You know, and then he started just... the really goofy Firefly Funhouse, where he had the little stuffed animal that would talk, and the puppets. And it was kind of like um, Mr. Rogers, but if he was on meth. Yeah, that, that's actually <laughs> really good. That's a really good way to describe that, because that's exactly Mr. Rogers, like it was. Mr. Rogers, if he had a severe mental disorder... And was on meth. And was crazy. It just just a completely insane person. But he totally just encapsulated this whole spooky character. And one, one thing that really did really well, too, like one of his last returns, I mean, as soon as people saw him, it started a holy shit chant. Yeah. You know? And and the way L.A. Knight, the guy that's really kind of coming, uh, that he was supposed to be a Hill character, mm-hmm. and the fans are like, no. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> We're not going to let him be a Hill character. We like him too much. You know, but uh, the way he, the way they did that whole story that, you know, L.A. Knight and Undertaker in the ring, like, cutting a promo against each other, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets out of the ring and starts leaving. Well, that's when the whole Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy thing kind of made him another return. And to really, I mean, to the casual fan, they didn't think about it, but... To me, I was sitting there noticing because I saw a clip of it today, right? Well, he was leaving the ring, and then Bray Wyatt popped up at the beginning of the entrance ramp, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't know Bray Wyatt and you know Undertaker, right? He backed away from Bray Wyatt so much that he got in the ring with the Undertaker, who he just got through cutting a promo against Mm -hmm. to... Lengthen the distance between him and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Because that character is so fucking menacing. And creepy as fuck. Now, the Fiend Fiend is the best character that has come along in wrestling in a long time. So, the the thing that I like about the Fiend versus Finn Balor's The Demon King is the Demon King has lost matches. Well, the Fiend has two. But but hang on. Let me finish. Let me finish. So the Demon King has lost matches, and it kind of, to me, has taken away from the ethos of the Demon King because exactly it, it makes him it makes him a beatable character. Because when Finn Balor he he talks about oh you don't want me to bring out the demon and you you know he's supposed to be like this unstoppable character, but he lost two matches in a row. I mean he he's not an unstoppable character. When the Fiend loses, it's because somebody got something over on the Fiend. And it was a terrible situation for the person who won. They were like, oh shit, I won. That's a bad thing because this thing is coming after me. It was such a, it was such a scary individual. It was. And, and the fiend took over the audience. I don't know how to describe it without you actually having either been at a match where the fiend was or have watched a lot of it on TV, the way that Bray Wyatt could 
okay, manipulating the audience is the wrong term. What am I looking for? He wasn't it's manipulating. The crowd control. Well, it's not even crowd control because he wasn't specifically going, I'm going to control the crowd. Like, that's not what he was doing. Okay, it put was it this just, way. It was his aura. It he was, was. The crowd was with him regardless. The crowd let them be controlled by him. I mean, they were just so. The in, character was so compelling. And he even got more popular once people realized, and it got out, that creative had really not much to do with him. Yeah. And so so when, when The Fiend lost in a match, he didn't lose in the same way. He didn't lose way, that aura. He, yeah, he didn't lose in the same way that the Demon King loses. Because the Demon King, it kind of knocks him down a peg or two. Exactly. But the, but the Fiend, it was almost like it made him stronger. It's like somebody would defeat the, the, the Fiend... And then they were scared shitless the next time you come out on them. Because you know like, he wasn't going to... Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know how to describe the, these matches with The Fiend because Bray Wyatt had different moves when he was The Fiend. And it was more... It was almost like he was using the other wrestler against himself. That's one thing I liked about The Fiend so much because like what you said, like because when... Finn Balor became Demon King. I respect the hell out of that. Don't don't get yeah. me wrong. I like that character. And that was a cool as fuck entrance. But it was the same move set. But now he had different move sets with certain types of the Fiend because he's got two different Fiend. Uh, not not Fiend. Uh, Demon, uh, King. Demon King. So he's got two different Demon King characters, like you were explaining to me. Yeah. And each one of those two characters has different move sets. To an extent. But, like, with Bray Wyatt, it was like, I don't know. It was almost, it was not like the Fiend beat you with the movesets. It was like he beat you with his aura. Well, that's like one of the times so somebody hard to threw explain. him into the corner of the ring and he fell down on his back, right? Yeah. And you know how, like, if you're laying on your stomach, how you stand up on, like, if you just got up on your hands and your feet, right? Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't, like, a, like a dog would, right? Right. But... He did that when he was on his back. He he did instead he, of like the Undertaker sitting up. He sat up in his own way, where he did that, but he was upside down. Yeah, he was. And on he his was hands looking over at the guy behind him, and the guy behind him. And what I found out that the first time he did that, the reaction of the other wrestler was true and legit because he did not know that that Bray was going to do that. Yeah, it, it kind of, it caught him off guard, and you could it was a true reaction what you saw in his face because he didn't know that he was going to do that. Yeah, so he was like going to he knew he was supposed to get up, but he didn't know he was supposed to do that. Yeah, and so it kind of like when he kind of stopped, he was like, "Oh fuck!" If you if you guys have seen The Exorcist, remember when she's walking on her hands and her feet, but she's upside down? Yeah, he did that move. Yes, and it, it was freaky as hell. It really was because because the fiend has these weird yellow eyes, and sometimes he had red eyes, and you know he had the mask on that he was hiding his face. And one thing that I really respect the WWE for doing is when you see, for example. Um, Finn Balor's the Demon King, it has normal lighting when he's in these matches. When the Fiend is in the round, in the ring, 
they had different lighting for that character, and it kind of made a lot of times they, it went back and forth between between like the black light and, and red the red light. light. Yeah, so it would it would keep that creepy aspect of that character, and I think that's part of where, where the crowd control was coming in because they allowed that character to be as creepy as possible. Well, yeah, even like when he was Bray Wyatt, he would always come out. What started the whole Firefly thing is he would come out with holding the lantern. Yeah, it is right? a dark arena, and he was coming out holding his lantern. When he came out as a fiend, he still had the lantern, but the lantern had what looked like a, it almost looked like he was holding a decapitated head Inside and the mouth the was stretched open for the, op- for the, for the, uh, lantern. Yeah. For the light. Yeah. And that was just, that was creepy as hell too, you creepy know? Creepy as hell. But they, they, they managed to keep the ambiance of the arena to such a degree that it kept the creepiness of that character turned up to 11. Yeah. They did a really good job doing it. Do you, I don't know if you guys ever watched wrestling in the early 2000s, but you remember the Boogeyman? Yeah. They wanted the Boogeyman to be that type of character, and they just never could quite get it get him, right. Couldn't quite get him over. But when Bray Wyatt comes on the scene, and he, he he's he's the one back there going, no, you need to do this with the lights, you need to do this with the story, we need to do this with the move set, we need to do this, this, and this. And Bray Wyatt, from his creative mind, is putting that out there where people can see it, yeah. and it just was magic. Just yeah. absolute it, it was magic. Like, he didn't catch lightning in a bottle. He caught all the lightning in the bottle. Yeah. I mean... This is a hard, hard loss for wrestling yeah, fans. I mean, it's just... To lose him... And it sounds bad to say this, but to lose that character. Mm. Because you're like... Nothing is going to come close How are they ever going to figure out a way to come up with anything like that? Yeah. You know? And, of course, you know, SmackDown Friday Night, I haven't watched it yet, but there's been, there were several different things that was all about him. Oh, I've seen them all standing up at the front. I don't think I can watch it. There was I don't a think huge group of them the night before that all went out and got, like, uh, the the logo for the Bray Wyatt yeah. family, whatever. They all went and got this tattoo of his logo. Uh, I know I talk about L.A. Knight and how the fans have, has was like, hey, you know, we're not going to allow him to be a heel anymore. We like him. Mm-hmm. And so, rest the creative has finally kind of leaned into that, and like they even went—I think I talked about it on before—but they even went as far as trying to keep him a heel so bad they put him up against the always babyface Rey Mysterio, and even had him try to take Mysterio's mask off. You know, they were trying so fucking hard, and the fans were like, I "Don't care, take it off." You know, <laughs> but he cut a promo against the Miz, and he said, "I know tonight's all about Bray Wyatt." which is what it should be. He said, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and, and lie to you saying we were the best of friends, but, you know, one of that last match was against him. And he goes, and what, you know, we he beat the hell out of me, I beat the hell out of him, but what he was really doing, he's preparing me for my future. Mm-hmm. And he, he was talking about different things, and he started talking about his cutting his promo against The Miz, and he was like, you know, and he ended it off, which was really cool, which tells me that creative is finally like 110 thousand percent with him being a baby face character now he's like and you know what miz i'm going to tell you something that a wise man once told me he goes the next time you see me and he got real close to the camera he went run because that's what bray white used to always do yeah he's like i'm you know we're here and then at the end of his promo he'd look at real he'd always get real close to the camera and go run 
and, and you would, and like like you're sitting there watching that promo and you're going, oh shit, where do I need to run to? You're like I'm watching no TV. I'm ready to go out the door, you know, just in case. But he did that, and like the the fans went nuts. Yeah, they absolutely loved it. You know. Yeah. Because they're finally like, thank you for. I mean, there hasn't been that big of a a fan flop. I guess you could say. I'm not saying like a flop, like a bad thing. Yeah. Like flopping from hip face to heel since Rusev. Well, talking about L.A. Knight or, or whatever, but but going back to Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt was a heel character that always had the crowd with him. Yeah. So really even did. though he and it, he was kind of like a Stone Cold type heel. Yeah. But he was never the good guy. Like that character was never the good guy. But the crowd was so invested in everything he did. Even when he was like Super Hill Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He come out, bam, crowd, stadium full of fireflies. Because Didn't matter. You, because you never, you never really knew what he was going to do. And that was part of the fun of Bray Wyatt and part of the fun of The Fiend. You never really knew what he was going to do. And it was always going to be something that really just took you off guard and was thrilling to watch. The, the the Uncle Howdy shit. We don't we still don't know who Uncle Howdy is. But that came from the from the brain of, of Bray Wyatt where he just had yeah. this character that he was bringing out of the shadows. He's like, Maybe maybe I'll tell you who this person is, maybe I won't. He's just Uncle Howdy and he was always looking over stuff. But that was something that Bray Wyatt came up with to be just another creepy character in his life. Like arsenal, even the way when characters. they brought in what's her name? Alexa a, Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that, I was about to mention you know, her as well. They brought her in and during, she was part of the, the Firefly Funhouse, and she did a lot of creepy shit. During COVID, when they were able to do the cuts and the jump yes. cuts and, and, and the pre-recorded stuff as opposed to the live shows, that's the best thing that ever happened to Alexa Bliss because they were able to put her in with the Wyatt family, and she was able to do this bipolar bullshit where she was this sweet little girl, and then the camera would click, and then she would be this insane Harley Quinn person. Yeah, with like know, black blood coming out of her mouth and shit. You know, it was yeah. crazy. And and she was getting like, and the way that they had it set up is like Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family was like speaking directly to her brain and making her crazy. You know, and yeah. it was like it was just such a great storyline. That 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 honestly, the last because I've been watching wrestling since I guess two thousand one, off and on. But but more on since two thousand seven when we got together. Right, more on. <laughs> when we got married, right? But the Alexa Bliss Bray Wyatt storyline was has been my favorite storyline of anything they have done since I started wrestling. Since yeah. I started watching wrestling, because it, it was so compelling and it was so much fun, and knowing that Bray Wyatt basically came up with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Uh, it, it it it's it's such an such a tragic tragic loss. Yeah. The, Majorly. They they're not. I mean, and, and I don't I don't want to say it like nobody's going to come along like that. That's that's not what I mean. I I don't mean he's replaceable. I'm saying he's not replaceable. That character's not replaceable. But then again, I mean, something's going to have to come along eventually because that's what we were all saying about the Undertaker. You know, we said that there would never be a character as over as he was. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to say Bray Wyatt was to that level. Cause I don't know if there'll ever be anybody in wrestling that'll be, that can truly equally side by side compare to 
Mark Calloway. I will give the, and I didn't, I, I, you got to understand, a lot of Undertaker was before I started watching wrestling. He was real big before I got into it. Okay. Okay. So when I came into it, he was kind of at the, the, the end. So of when did you career. come into it? Um, 2001, 2002. Okay. So you weren't like really. Like the end so of the you, Attitude Era. So when you first came in, then you didn't see the dark taker you when you came in he was uh at that year i think like he, the was, american badass. he was the american badass when yeah. he came in with the on the riding the harley exactly so i didn't get that same and even when they do the undertaker like the undertaker where the the stadium's dark and you know you hear the gong and you know there's just something amazing about that when they bring him out with the low lights because we saw that shit live oh my god that, that was that cool was cool ever man I, I never thought he was going to show up for that shit but the thing that sets bray wyatt and the fiend apart to me versus undertaker is again the ambiance of the the, uh, the ambiance of the stadium that they had him in because undertaker when he wrestled wrestled under normal lighting which made his character just another character mm-hmm. bray wyatt whether he was bray wyatt or whether he was the fiend but especially when he was the fiend wrestled under different lighting and it made that character more real and it made that character more creepy and it made that character just come off the screen at you yeah because like i like i said i don't know if i ever mentioned this to you before the one thing that always bothered me about undertaker especially like later on in his career he would come out as this aura you know this slow moving methodical scary being right 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 and i love that about him that's the best part about and as soon as the bell rang it's like he changed yeah it it was like Like he 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 was just a normal wrestler he didn't maintain that character as as well but the fiend was but i jotted down something he always maintained and i'm gonna say this and i think you're gonna agree okay i think what sets bray wyatt or what set him apart from Undertaker. To me, which may actually put him above Undertaker, is what, regardless to how good, I'm going to get you to guess this. Okay. okay. Regardless to how good you are in the ring, what's the one thing, one skill you have to have if you're going to be successful in professional wrestling? Mike skills. Mike skills. You can kick The Rock to second or third place. You can put John Cena over there. You can put people down on the list however you want. You're going to have a tough time convincing me that anybody had better mic skills than this man had. Bray Wyatt. Because not only did he have his mic skills, he had completely different mic skills based off which character he was at the time. Mm-hmm. Because the Firefly Funhouse, completely different character Crazy. Like than this just happy, regular old fun, Bray Wyatt. Fun-loving, oh, yay, hi, kids, hi, goodbye, goodbye. Happy, fun-loving, but with an aura of mania about it. Yeah. Him. It had this manic quality where you were kind of like, this guy's about to go fucking slit somebody's throat, and I really don't want to be around when he does it. Yeah, 
And, and with his size, he was very intimidating. But but when he was the the Firefly Funhouse, he was always wearing a sweet little sweater, and he had his hair like tied back, his like his dreads tied back. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like. Yeah, Mr. Rogers on math. I mean, that's like literally what he was. And and he had It's like, like the, he had the these three or four and, different split personalities and every single one of them was like super over and super believable. Yeah. A, a consummate actor. Just beautiful. And, and actor. the way that they set it up because like he had these different puppets like you're talking about, right? But you know these puppets made appearances like a month or two before we ever saw the funhouse. Yes, because I remember them coming out, and they were like, "What are these? What the fuck is this?" Like, well, you would where see are these, these coming two, from. You always see the backstage interviews with these different wrestlers, right? And you'd see one of the puppets in the background. Yeah. And it was always with someone he was going to end up having some kind of feud with. Yeah. And and Alexa Bliss did the same thing with her doll. Yeah. She would just show up in the background. And they they were they were teasing this stuff as and they the got And the first time first time few times they did it they didn't even draw attention to it. They mm-hmm. just they were just if there. you noticed you noticed if you didn't you didn't. And then they started going back and replaying it. Wait a minute, this has showed up before. What is this? And then you had this we're really happy to be your friend. <laughs> and it was just this really happy like like you said Mr. Rogers neighborhood kind of thing, but it was It was kind of oh. like a mixture of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Pee-wee's Playhouse. Because it kind of had that weird... Yeah. And, and almost like Blue's Clues at the same time. You know, just kind of this weird... He kind of came off as the Mr. Whatever from, like, Elmo, the way he even acted. Mr. Noodle. Mr. Noodle. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And he was always waving, like, hi, hi kids! Hi! hi. <laughs> and you talk about some of the rest, are, he's really mean, right? And you hear all the kids go, aww. <laughs> you know... It's just, just he, amazing, yeah. amazing man. Uh, a horrible loss to a horrible loss to everybody to the, to the world in general. I mean, especially to his kids and his fiance. This yeah, JoJo and, and their four kids. I mean, it's just and for it to be for him to be getting better and then all of a sudden just just yeah. not be here anymore. It's it's it doesn't really seem real, and I and I'm sure until I watch the show where they like do the tribute it's not going to be real yeah you know but i honestly don't know if i can bring myself to watch it i don't really feel like ugly I mean, crying you tonight. know how like these these shows are all pre-written on what's going to happen mm-hmm. and like smackdown happens on friday nights his death happened on thursday mm-hmm. they completely scrapped everything they had planned for that show well, I mean, you have to because of this. You have to. And, and this, and this. I mean, is, this shit hasn't hit people mm-mm. this hard since Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, because I was about to say Eddie Guerrero because that was that was a hard loss too, because he was finally sober and he was finally getting back into wrestling and he was finally getting his life straight and then bam, heart attack. Same. I mean, thing. you see the big show up there crying like a baby. I know. I mean that was tough. That was that was hard. <gasps> that was hard, and you know, seeing these big alpha male manly men just just pulling their eyes out, just bawling their eyes out, you know. Because like you say, I mean, these guys are so close to each other. Yeah, I mean, because you have to be. I mean, like you see, like some of these guys that are having all these matches against each other. That's because these guys 
not only do they usually like each other, they work well together. They complement each other. And they trust each other. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do something. Okay. Who's the guy who wrestles barefoot? The goofy guy. What is his name? <laughs> Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. I fucking love Matt Riddle. I'm sorry. He's just, he's just fun to watch. Okay? Yeah. But it was him and... Um, fuck, who was in the ring with him? Um, who's he out there with? The big big seven foot, eight foot tall guy. Um, Come on, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. So those two are wrestling together. You cannot do what they did the other night. <laughs> Without trusting <laughs> yeah. each other, because Drew McIntyre and, and picked and him up. It just picked him. So so Matt Riddle is in front of Drew McIntyre, congratulating him on a job well done. Oh, you did a good job throwing these guys out of the ring, and just with you know Drew McIntyre's like, yeah, we did a good job, and then just fucking picks Matt Riddle up and just throws him over the edge of the ring, and he lands. On the other two wrestlers. Yeah, so he hit a motherfucker with a motherfucker. It was great. <laughs> and, and you could see Matt Riddle, his face, when he got picked up, he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he hit those guys and knocked them down. He was like, oh, okay, I know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. And you, you can't pull something like that off without complete trust, without knowing what you're doing, without being able to work together. Yeah. You know that I mean that's because if you ever had wrestlers that were truly feuding in the back over something, they would never let them go in the ring because somebody would get hurt. They're dead. Well, they, they used would, to. They wouldn't protect each other. They used to do that in the eighties. They well, would do they that. did that to teach people lessons because, like the uh, the nasty boys, they were they kind of kept that persona in the back. Uh huh. So they had them in the ring against some guys that. Out on the ring, <laughs> let's just say they caught him with some real stiff shots. <laughs> but, and they really did beat the crap out of these dudes. And kind of put them in their place. Yeah. And then, of course, their career didn't last much long after that. Yeah. But, yeah, that does happen. You're correct. But in this day and age, because they do... Because you got to think, back then, a superplex off the top rope, that was a finishing move. Mm-hmm. They and were now, done. Now you can do that two or three times during a match. Yeah, they do finishing moves combined with off the top rope, and still guys still happen to kick out sometimes. Well, I I remember watching, and, and like I said, and when I first started watching wrestling, you know, people were freaking out that that somebody had kicked out of the rocks finishing move. You know, which is a, f- a fucking elbow, but who cares? But they kicked out of the rocks finishing move. What do you mean they kicked out of the it? People's what elbow. What do you mean they kicked out of the people's elbow? You know, and. Kicking out of the the fucking tombstone pile driver, the yeah. first person that ever kicked out of that was like, "Holy shit! Are you kidding me? That just happened." Yeah. But now it's like regular for people to kick out of it. I don't even know if there's even such a thing as a finishing move anymore. Well, there's a lot of some, some of these guys do still have some, but you're like, they'll do it like multiple times on somebody at the end just to make sure they stay down, <laughs> you know, because it just it's good for the story. <laughs> Well, not to continue the the trek of loss or whatever, but the rule of three has struck this week. You know, you lose celebrities in threes. Mm -hmm. So we had Terry Funk, Mm -hmm. we had Bray Wyatt, Mm -hmm. and we had Bob Barker. Oh, yeah. Now, Bob, Bob, and I, I can't be super serious about this death. The man was 99 years old. You cannot complain about your life. I know. I know no, what you're about to I say. I saw a really bad TikTok about him. 
<laughs> he said he went as close as he could without going over. I know. He went as close to 100 as he could without going over. <laughs> it's horrible. That's horrible. I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's funny as hell. I'm sorry. But yeah, I've seen that all over Facebook yeah. today. It's like he went as close as he could with that. But he was. He was 99 years old. He was a couple of months from turning 100. Went as close as he could without going over. But, you know, it, it's kind of hard. You know, Bray Wyatt passing at 36 is a much bigger blow yeah. than Bob Barker passing at 99. Well, it's like whenever we saw that, I was just like, I thought he was already dead. I actually did think that Bob Barker had died a few years ago. I, I, you know, I guess that's a good thing that nobody knows what you're doing in your in the you know the sunset yeah. years of your life. That's not. He wasn't a problematic person. All he wanted you to do was get your pet spayed or neutered. <laughs> you know, that was his big thing. Yeah. That and nursing sick children to health in the afternoons because we all watched The Price Is Right when we were homesick from school. You know you did. <laughs> but yeah, so <clears throat> the rule of three has struck again. Hopefully we won't lose anybody else anytime soon. So it's been kind of a tough week. Yeah. Um, I got a quick little joke for you. Yeah, go for it. If a bunch of supernatural beings mm-hmm. all decided to start fighting each other and killing each other, I'm talking like werewolves, demons, ghosts, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, stuff like that. Why would none of them ever eat a ghost? I don't know. Because they taste like sheep. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Keep talking for a minute. It, it made you laugh, though. It did make you laugh. Where are you going? Oh, going to take on the kid? But I, I saw that, and I thought you would think that was at least kind of funny. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Um, oh, one thing I was want to talk about, too, is, like, being a truck driver, okay? You know, you're driving down the road, and you see the kids doing the little arm motion to get you to hit your air horn, right? You're not your what we call the highway horn, because yeah? you have your city horn and your highway horn. And what got me thinking about that the other day is that, because usually I'm driving, I'm trying to pay attention to where I'm going. I don't look at cars going next to me unless they're like, obviously I figure out they're trying to get my attention, which kind of paid off one day when I was on my way to Memphis one night and this car kept like getting up next to me and slowing down and getting up next to me and slowing down. And they finally caught my attention when I looked over, the girl in the driver's seat was leaning over waving at me. Mm -hmm. I could see her arm moving, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then when I looked over, she was pointing at the girl in the passenger seat, and the girl in the passenger seat had flashed her tits at me. Oh, nice. You know, and I was like, whoo! <laughs> but what got me thinking about it is, like, when that car drove by me, I just happened to glance over, and I was like, I, I wonder how many times a car has passed by me that I haven't looked over, and I didn't make some little kid's day because I didn't see him doing the arm motion. Mm-hmm. And everybody know I don't. Everybody knows what arm motions we're talking about. You know. Yeah, that honk honk. Yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. people, trying to get the drivers to do that, right? And then, and of course, you know, that even got me thinking even more. It's like, when did that start? You know, who started it? You know, because it's some. Because I'm thinking, you know, when a kid does that today, 
it's because a friend or his dad or someone in his family taught him about it. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it was my grandfather that taught me about it, told me to do it the first time. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, you know. So when I was a kid, every time I saw a truck, man, I was sitting there doing that, trying to get to blow the horn. They'd blow the horn, I'd get all happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I was maybe thinking, like, I wonder if the conversation was like, you know, this guy or a parent and a child were driving down the road one day and you know maybe the, and the kid had to be saying something but I love it when they hit their horns because they're so loud and they're so cool it's like a train almost you know mm-hmm. and the parent was like well see if you can get them to blow it and like well how well they have this cord up there that they pull on so maybe if you do that arm motion he'll know what you're talking about and he'll do it mm-hmm. and so the little kid does it and the truck driver sees him he's like Oh, okay, I get what you're trying to get me to do. And yeah. he hit the and horn, hit and the, the little horn. kid got all happy. <clears throat> well, then that parent goes and tells other parents, Hey, my kid did this the other day, and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. The kids at school, around with friends, Hey, I did this the other day, and this is what happened. A truck driver that it did it to, the first one, stopped at a truck stop. Say, hey, the coolest thing happened. This little kid did this, and I honked my horn. He was so happy and excited. He was all, Yay! And so, like, hey, if y'all ever see a kid do that, man, do that, man. Watch how happy it makes them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're, you know, and they were talking to all their buddies at the truck stop or whatever. And then those guys go in hundred different directions and they eventually stop at another truck stop or a place where they're delivering or picking up. Or maybe they're even talking to their own kids yeah, and, and it, saying, Hey, and do it, this. And it just kind of just, and it made me think about like watching that old movie Outbreak, mm-hmm. you know, and they would show the map of the world and they would show the red of the contagion spreading. Yeah. You know, and how it spread so fast. I, I pictured that being how the whole kid doing the truck driver signal to a driver yeah. <laughs> spread across the one, country. Then went to two, then went to four, then went to eight. And, yeah, because it just kind of well, went from one to 20, you know, because yeah. all the drivers and the, and the kid and their friends and the parent and the parents' friends. And it just, then like you said, those truck drivers told their kids, and those kids told their friends, and those friends mentioned something to like to their, to their truck driver parents. Like, like, maybe like they're or, driving down the road one day, and they're next to a truck, and the little kid looks over and goes, "Oh, I'm going to try that," and he does a little horn sign. And of course, you know, the maybe the parent driving didn't know, and probably scared the shit out of them because the <laughs> driver next to him just started blowing his horn. He's like, "Oh, what the fuck," you know. But it, that's how, I don't. Know, I was just thinking about that. That is when my mind wanders sometimes yeah. when I'm driving. <laughs> Not to the point where I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, obviously, but there's just some of the things that I think about when I'm driving, just these different I, thoughts come in my head, and I always forget to write them down, or I try to remember them until I get back. And then what I'll do is I'll text it to my other phone. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I see it later. Yeah. Because well, I've got see, to now, I'll look at my, on my text list, and I'll go to, because it's listed as my other phone, and I'll see what I texted to it. Say, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know. Well, you gotta wonder how because a meme, a meme is just a repeated idea. Right. That's all a meme is, just a repeated idea. And you gotta wonder this organic spread of a meme, like make the make the motion and they'll blow their horn. Right. Spread before the advent of the internet. <clears throat> but it's like I was telling you the other day, I was. A very sheltered kid and yet even I had heard the rumor about Marilyn Manson having his bottom rib removed so that he could perform a sex act on himself 
He could orally self oral gratification. There you go. There Ooh, you go. Look, look at me using a big word. Ooh, so proud of you. Didn't know I knew big words, did you? But I was a very sheltered kid, and I had heard that in the nineties. And yeah. so, to me, some an idea like that spreading. Um, even without the the use of the internet or cell phones or anything else, it's just organically spreading. That's got to be spreading the same way that your truck driver thing spread. You know, just from one person to the next person to the next person who tells two people, who tells four people, who tells eight people, and then so on and so on and so on and so on. Like it's like you said, like like contagion, like it's infecting the entire world, and now everybody knows that Marilyn Manson had a rib removed. Yeah, but with all this being said. If any truck driver ever listens to this podcast, which I don't know if they do, but if they ever happen to, by God, if you ever see a kid doing that signal, you do it. Because, like, you know, and and sometimes I worry about even getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Because we have a city horn and we have a highway horn. Mm -hmm. Technically, if we're inside a city limit somewhere, we're you not supposed use to use that. the highway horn. And that's the one you pull. That's the one you pull. Because mm-hmm. it's loud as shit. What's an air horn? If I'm in a city limit <clears throat> and I look over and I see a little kid doing that sign, I don't give a damn if I'm next to a police station. I'm hitting that fucking horn. <laughs> I'm going to make that kid happy. I think in that situation, the police would be like, no, good. You're, yeah, we you're, got you're it. Good. You're good. I mean, like, because even like, I, like, I remember one day, I, I think, I can't remember where I was. I think I was actually still, when I was still driving, hauling feet mm-hmm. in East Texas. Uh, I was going somewhere, and I guess these guys were out doing yard work because they had some lawnmowers next to the back of their pickup and some weed eaters on the ground, you know, next to their truck. And they had the tailgate down with a cooler in there, and they were and they were getting them something to drink. Right, mm-hmm. they were cooling off for a little bit. And as I was coming up to them down the road, because I had just come up from a red light, you know, so I was going slow, and I looked over and I saw them there, and there was three guys there, and I want to say, if I had to guess, ages eighteen to twenty-five, mm-hmm. young guys, young guys, and the one in the middle. Started like elbowing the other two, and then they started pointing at me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What is going on?" And then all three of them started doing the <laughs> the sign. So you know, I said, "You know what? I don't give a damn because you're a kid at heart, man." I laid on that fucking horn. Two the two guys on the outside jumped <laughs> down off the back of the tailgate and started doing their hands up in the air like <laughs> cheering. The guy in the middle actually stood up in the back of the truck and started jumping. I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't give a damn how old you are. If you give me that sign and I see it, I'm blowing my horn for you. There you go. Yeah. Which made me think, too, I got to start at least glancing over when cars go by. Yeah. To make sure you're not missing the titties or the horn. I'm more worried about, I I don't want to. You don't want to miss the titties or the horn. I I don't want to upset some little kid because he's really wanting to hear that horn. Or miss the titties. Titties, whatever. (laughs) I want to see titties, I I got yours. But. It's just, I, I don't... Yeah, but if some girl shows you her titties, you know you want to see those titties, too. I know, but I, I would... It would upset... You can never see too many titties. But it would upset me more to know that I didn't bring happiness to some kid than to see some random woman's boobs. hmm That means more to me. I, I would want to know that I made some little kids, maybe not even his day, 
maybe just made him happy for five minutes. Made him happy for a few minutes. Yeah. He got to do it. You know, he got to he got to hear the horn like he wanted. That 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 would that's more important to me. Mm-hmm. I can get online and see titties if I need to. <laughs> yeah, but there's something about organic titties. I know. It just pissed me off that girl would slow down enough time, give me enough time to take a picture. <laughs> Now, you have to respect the titties. You don't take pictures of the organic titties that are flashed to you on the on the street. Well, I wouldn't have got not, it anyway because I, I'm not, I don't hardly, <clears throat> I do not touch my damn phone when I'm driving. Good. But if titties are offered to you in an organic setting, out in public, you respect the titties, you look at the titties, and you take mental pictures. Oh, I've got the mental pictures because I can still to this day <laughs> picture in my mind this car next to me, this little gray Corolla, <laughs> and this girl in the passenger seat leaning, driving with her left hand on the steering wheel, leaning over into the passenger seat and like leaning down her head so she could look up and see me in my truck and just waving her arm frantically. Mm-hmm. I could still see that. And that's what caught my attention. And the reason I look, because usually the only time somebody does that... Is if you got something dragging or something. Something dragging, maybe yeah. a tire blew and I didn't hear it or something. You know, maybe my door fucking popped open, which just happened to me a few times. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking maybe something like that. So as soon as I saw her waving, before I even looked at the car, I started checking my mirrors. Because I was thinking maybe I had a blown tire. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell's know. going on? And I'm like looking, I'm like trying to look at the highway. I'm looking at my mirrors. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I look over it again. And then I see these two huge ass titties bouncing at me, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> well, hello there." <laughs> it's like, "Ooh, titties!" <laughs> Very nice. I think we all enjoy titties around here. They're good titties. <clears throat> it's finally going to cool down tomorrow. Oh, fucking time! Did you see the rain? We had rain today. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, we had like a like a thirty minute thunderstorm. But it was the kind of thunderstorm because it's still like 150 degrees outside. So it just made it like more humid, which yeah. is even worse. But it's actually supposed to, the temperature's supposed to drop tomorrow. Um, and all next week, it's supposed to be like mid 80s, which is good because it's gotten up to 101, 102 this last week. And um, to the point where the Little Rock School District had actually talked about letting the kids out at noon on, uh, from school. Because they weren't sure how hot it was going to be by the time the end of school rolled around. And they got on the damn buses. Those buses don't have air conditioning in them. Aaron said it was 120 degrees in the bus. That's 120 insane. degrees. Thankfully, they're not on the bus very long because yeah. they're the first stop. But still, holy shit. I mean, that, that's, like, that's not good for the bus drivers. That no. can't be good for them. But did you know, um, speaking of uh, stuff like that, um, <clears throat> UPS, part of the, you know, they were on strike, or they, they were about to go on strike until they reached a deal. Um, that was one of the conditions of the strike. Um, it's like, we're not coming to the table unless you promise us we can have air conditioning in our, in our vehicles. Yeah. Because it's getting to the point now. I can understand people who say, oh, climate change isn't a thing. We've always broken records. But we would break a record here and then six months later, we'd break a different record. And then six months later, we'd break a different record. And so on and so forth. It's not, we break a record Tuesday, we break another record Wednesday, and we break another record Thursday, which is what has been happening the last couple of months. And it's getting to the point now with climate change that you just can't. 
you can't put somebody in a big box like a um like a um a delivery truck or a mail truck or <clears throat> a school bus with no air conditioning and expect them to survive like it's not it's not safe yeah um the these temperatures that we're getting now are to the point where they're life threatening because you've got 110 degrees in Arizona is different than 110 degrees in Arkansas. Yeah. Because you've got the desert. It's a, a lot drier out there. Big dry heat and humid. Huge difference. So you're looking at wet bulb temperatures is what they look at in humid areas. And your wet bulb temperatures, um, if they get above 95 degrees, um, are deadly if you don't have an air conditioning. And we have had wet bulb temperatures of 93, 94 degrees here in the last couple of months. And that's really scary because, like you said, you came you came out of Walmart the other day, and that little homeless guy that sits there at the end of the street at the at the the entrance to Walmart, you know, looking for money and food and whatever else he can get, you said he was down and he was not moving. Well, he was laying in a very weird manner when I went into Walmart, and I waited around for a while to get my prescription for my eye, and when I left. He was still in the same exact position laying there and I was looking over and I didn't see movement at all mm-hmm. and I was actually looking for a place to turn around and go back and about that time three police cars and an ambulance went flying ass by me and stopped right over there he'd probably had some kind of heat stroke yeah hopefully that's all it was and he didn't hope, die. yeah hopefully that's all it was and they were able to get him back up again because my goodness it is it, I just want to take all the homeless people up and bring them to my house and say, you have a place to live now. <laughs> but I can't. I just, oh, it just breaks my heart seeing people like that. We, we always give them money. We always give them water, whatever we can give them. Yeah. Whenever we go past them. I gave, in my truck the other day, I gave one of them two of my Lunchables. Because mm-hmm. I brought three. And I ate one. And they were standing out there. And it's like, hey, I don't have money. Come here. It's like, I don't have any money, but here. This is something you can at least... Food and, like, and they were like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. I haven't, I, it, it kind of worries me because that little guy that sits at the end of, uh, at the end of the road right there, exit eight, with the dog, I haven't seen him in a month. We may have Not moved on one. somewhere else. I hope maybe he's in a better situation where he doesn't have to beg for money. Um, but he had him a service animal out there with him. Yeah. And I, and anytime I had any extra money, I would always give him extra money. So hopefully he's in a better position where he doesn't have to beg for money right now. Uh, this best case scenario for him. <clears throat> We've talked about police officers and not all cops are bad cops, but there was one I was watching this video about and it was a cop that drove around with a couple of coolers in the trunk of his cop car. Right? Mm-hmm. Full of ice and bottles of water. Mm-hmm. And he would see people, when it's 100 plus degrees outside mm-hmm. and people were driving around with their windows down in their car, that means one thing. They don't have an air conditioner. They don't have an air conditioner. Yeah. And this cop would pull people over. I like that. And then he would just tell them, say, no, 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 you did nothing wrong. I saw you driving with your window down. I assume your air conditioning at work, and it looks like you're pretty freaking hot. Hang tight for a second. I've got a cooler in my back of my car. 
and he would go get them water. Mm-hmm. He'd see the 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 panhandlers. Mm-hmm. He would stop. Like I, I the, like he, he would stop and pop his trunks. So, hey, go. And while he's at the red light, hey, go to the cooler in the back and get you some water out of there, and then shut the back when you're done. Mm-hmm. Get whatever you can carry. And they'd have like five or six bottles of water in their arm. They'd go back, you know, and that's all he did. Mm-hmm. All, every day he drove around and giving out water to people. To me, that's what. Well, okay. That's so, what they should be doing. That that's that's the, you know, the whole protect and serve. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part. serve part. Yeah. Well, when I say a cab, I'm not talking about individual cops. Because all cops are bastardized does not mean each individual cop is a bastard. That's not what that means. That means the system in which they inhabit is corrupt. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there can't be good people within that system that are doing their best within the system that they inhabit to try to be better. Yeah. Now, those type of cops don't typically last very long. No. (laughs) They really don't. But that doesn't mean that they're not there. And hopefully there'll be more and more of them to, you know, change the system. That's that's all you can hope for in a bastardized system. Yep. Um, oh, good news for me. <laughs> super good news. Super happy news. Um, our flag means death. Oh. So one of my favorite shows that I have ever watched of all time is Our Flag Means Death, which is a, a funny little pirate show. And it's about gay pirates. And it's just awesome because everybody on this fucking ship is gay <laughs> like, fucking everybody is gay it's great even the ones you don't expect to be gay they're like yeah super gay um but anyway it's it's a it's a it's a it's a romantic love story you don't realize it's a love story until like five episodes in and then you're like well shit i'm emotionally invested now i might as well finish this gay love story because it like suckered you in that it was a good story about blackbeard you know and then all of a sudden shit in your face we're a love story now <laughs> And then you have to finish watching it because it's so good. But we have been waiting. They finished shooting season two in February, I guess. I can't remember when they finished shooting season two. But they finished shooting season two early this year, late last year, early this year, something like that. And we have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for any type of promo trailer anything about season two for this series we were expecting it in june because june is gay pride month and so we were because they they waited last year uh the 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 show came out in march right and so we watched it in march and april they didn't announce season two was going to happen until the first day of june because they were waiting till Pride Month to show. And, and this, Our Flag Means Death has been one of the most successful shows on HBO Max in, I can't tell you how long. Super. If you look at the streaming numbers, most of the time when you look at streaming numbers on Max or any other streaming service, the numbers jump up when people first start watching it and then they level off. And then they, they drop back down and they level off. With Our Flag Means Death, they went up and stayed up. The entire time because people just sit there and just play this thing on repeat it's such a great show okay it has spawned so many fan fictions so much art the whole reason that i bought an ipad so that i could start drawing was because of this fucking show yeah was because i wanted to get back into art because this show inspired me so much 
And I've done a, I've done quite a few pieces based on our flag means death. And some of them are really good. I'm sorry, they really are. They are good. Some of them are really good. So, so we were expecting. Okay, so we haven't had a we haven't had a trailer. Haven't had a trailer. They're waiting till June to give us the trailer. They're waiting till Pride Month again. They're just going to do this bullshit again. This rainbow capitalism, and we're just going to have to wait for it. And then June came and went. Nothing. And we're like, motherfuckers, <laughs> you pieces of shit, haven't given us a trailer. And then the strike happened. The, the SAG strike and the writer's strike and all this other stuff happened where even if we got a trailer, we couldn't enjoy the trailer because everything is down. Well, I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, Vanity Fair finally re- released the first look at season two of Our Flag Means Death. So we got to see some still promos from the show that's come out. We got a tentative release date, which is going to be in October, which is going to be awesome. Many fucking driver is Anne Bonnie on this show. I don't know if you know anything about Anne Bonnie the pirate. Check this out. She was as feared as Blackbeard. But what she would do is she would go up there and she would like fucking stab men on the boats. And then she would pull her shirt down and show them her titties. So that they knew they'd been killed by a woman. <laughs> Just to piss them off. You know, if, if I'm going to die and I get to see titties right before I die, you know, hey, at least that's the way to go. But fucking Minnie Driver is Ann Bonnie. That is such an amazing get. And then you've got Taika Watiti as uh, Blackbeard. You've got Reese Darby as uh, Steed Bonnet. You've got all these other great characters that are coming in. And it's coming in October, and I'm so fucking excited. You have no idea. Oh, I'm gonna watch this show on repeat till it comes until until I just can't watch it anymore. I fucking love this show so much. Anyway, that was my good news. <laughs> Very good news. Very good news. In bad news, I have not reached my goals of the gym. Which is very sad to me. Just gotta keep plugging away. I have not lost any weight. And it frustrates her because I have. You've lost like 20 pounds. And I have not lost a single pound. And I'm really frustrated by that. But I talked to the trainer yesterday. I actually talked to our trainer's boss. Who's another trainer in the gym. And he's like, look. He said, don't give up. He said... It's harder for women to lose weight because you've got estrogen working against you because estrogen is one of those hormones that hangs on to fat. Yeah. Um, he said, so don't give up. Um, he said it could be also the fact that your body is still going through a reset where <clears throat> your body is not willing to give up those calories yet, even though you're doing everything right. Because I'm watching, I'm watching my calories. I'm going low-carb, high-protein, Mostly salads is what I'm eating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from processed sugar. Like to the point where I drank sweet tea last weekend and got sick. Yeah. Because of the, because of the sugar in it. Because it made me sick to my stomach and I couldn't eat it. And just because I've been avoiding sugar so much. And um, I just, I've been doing everything right and it's really getting frustrating. <laughs> My clothes don't fit any differently. Meanwhile, you're in your skinny jeans at this point. And I'm still in my fat jeans. Which is frustrating. But anyway, I'm not giving up, though. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to give this at least a year before I give up. There you go. 
I'm going to give it at least a year of going to the gym five days a week, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> Some of the guys I was playing Xbox with earlier on, of course, Diablo 4. <laughs> um, we, were talking, we were talking about going to the gym and everything. And he goes, you know, it's been like scientifically proven, like guys that are really overweight. He said, uh, they figured out, like, you know, it's like basically, because, you know, you get fat around your stomach and everything, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so for every 30 pounds you lose, he said it makes your wiener look bigger. And I was like, wait a minute. So when I started, I was 304. So what you're telling me is if I lost 300 pounds, I'd be all dick? <laughs> Honey, you can't get back to your birth weight. <laughs> and I was, just, and I actually, my birth rate was ten pounds and nine ounces. But anyway, you were a big fat baby. I was all head. I was ten pounds nine ounces, and I was only like sixteen inches long. I was like a little fucking bowling ball with fingers. <laughs> I thought you were nineteen inches or nineteen, long. whatever it was. I was very short. But you were very short, and you were very all, round. All head, yes. <laughs> but uh, and I was like, okay, well, I've already lost twenty pounds. So that means in ten pounds more to go, and my my thing, my weight, my bojangles gonna look bigger. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> my wife is gonna be like, "Baby, did you get something bigger?" No, it's just my gut's not in the way I can push further. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about the size of your bojangles. <laughs> not on the podcast. <laughs> no, it'd be a very short conversation. <laughs> Honey. Baby, it's not that short. It's just because I'm fat. <laughs> Speaking of short and fat. Motivation. Donald Trump <laughs> went to his booking stuff. And lied his and lied. fat ass off. <clears throat> so he got arraigned at the um, Fulton County Jail in Atlanta on, was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday. And um, he was allowed to self-report his height and weight. And he said he was 6'3 and 215 pounds. And ever since, <laughs> people have been saying, yeah, this guy's definitely two, 215. 6'3, 215. During Aquaman. Uh-huh. And Justice League. Mm-hmm. You saw Jason Momoa mm-hmm. a lot without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. Six three, mm-hmm. two fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, Trump retruths an article that the headline was Trump compared to famous athletes of the same height weight. <laughs> the problem was he didn't re- he didn't actually read the article <laughs> because the whole article was making fun of him for lying about his height and weight. <laughs> He thought it was something that was praising him, which proves the whole thing about reason people say when he was in the White House, why it was pointless giving him those daily reports. Because he didn't read them. He didn't read them. See, I and, and, I, and I feel bad. I actually feel bad for him about that because I think that he may be somebody who struggles with reading. And he was probably never given the help he needed to actually become good at reading. Like maybe he had a reading disability when he was when he was young, but because his money insulated him and his father's money insulated him, he was just passed from grade to grade to grade to grade, and he never really learned how to do things the right way. 
And then once he got into Wharton and all these other schools that he went to, his dad just basically paid for his grades. Because we know that that's what happened. Yeah. His dad paid for his grades. And so I think he just didn't get good at things. And I actually kind of feel bad for him. Because there's a lot of people who say, you know, when they gave him daily briefings or they give him anything to read, you can't expect him to read it because he just doesn't. Yeah. You have to give him bullet points and they have to be real punchy and they have to catch his attention really quickly or he loses interest. Yep. Which is not something you want to president. <laughs> not something you want to president. Um, the uh, presidential debates were also, were they on Wednesday? I think they were on Wednesday. For the Republicans? Yeah. yeah. That was a- um, Nikki Haley is the only person that made any kind of goddamn sense on the entire stage. Which is crazy. Which is insane, because she was basically trying to be Hillary. And um, she called out the Republicans and the Democrats for spending too much. Um, she called out the Republicans repeatedly for doing things like droning, going to war, um, cutting off aid to allies, not supporting Ukraine, you know, stuff like that. Because she was in the State Department for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> she's doing her best to cater to moderate Republicans and Democrats. Like, that's the vote she's trying to get. Right. Right. Um, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy is basically an Indian Nazi. He is trying to be Trump, but less, what's the word I'm looking for? <gasps> what is that? It's coffee candy. He gave me one earlier. Coffee candy? He gave me two of them earlier. I I'm just going to take one because too much sugar will make me sick. Oh, cool. No sugar. I like it. But just the smell of it is just amazing. But Vivek was, what what kills me about Vivek is he is extremely well spoken. He is extre- He sounds extremely educated about issues, and he sounds really good when you listen to him speak. And <clears throat> young people have been kind of going after him because he sounds good. Like, for example, your son, Alex, has been sending me videos of Vivek and asking me my opinion on him. And I'm like, kid, I know he sounds good, but he's basically just a Nazi. And he he's very articulate. But if you listen to the words he's saying, he wants to raise the voting age to 25. And he wants you to have to wait until you're 25 to vote unless you're a first responder, unless you've been in the military for a minimum of six months, or unless you take a civics test. Which, on its face, sounds reasonable until you realize that the reason that they made people take tests to vote was to keep slaves from voting. And the reason that they want to raise the voting age is to disenfranchise young people. Um, Which none of that I agree with. In in my opinion, the voting age should be lowered to 16 because if you're going to have a job and pay taxes, you should be able to vote. I I don't think, like, just because you turn 16, you can go vote. I do. But at 16, even if you have a, what is it called, a... um, 
There's a thing that you can get. Like a hardship type Hardship job? thing where you can start work at 15. Yeah. The moment you have a job where you're paying taxes. Yeah. You should be able to go and vote. I 100% agree because otherwise it's taxation without representation. It should be illegal. And if you're not going to let these 15 and 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds that are working and paying taxes vote, mm-hmm. and if they can't vote, they should not have to pay taxes. I agree. Because we went to war over that. That was the whole reason the country was founded, taxation without representation. And something that that, uh, that Alex said to me was, well, young people are too, they're, they're too uneducated to know how to vote. And in my opinion, your education or intelligence should not be the deciding factor on whether or not you're allowed to vote. Because I know some 50, 60, and 70-year-olds who are also too stupid to vote. But they are allowed to vote. So why are we restricting 16-year-olds from voting and 17-year-olds from voting? And if they retire, Just because, they're not paying taxes, right? And if they retire, they're not paying taxes. Don't vote. So why are we allowing these old dumbass fuckers to vote, but we're saying, oh, you're too young, you don't know anything? Why don't they know anything? I know some very intelligent 16-year-olds. I know some really dumbass 50-year-olds. You know, your age doesn't have anything to do with your ability to be educated or your ability to know things about the world. And I hate... Age has an impact on your... Experiences, yeah, but that's it. But that's it. And, and I have a very serious problem. Who say you should just automatically respect your elders too? But, I have yeah. a very Why? serious problem with that. It's like, what? Give me a reason to respect you. Yeah. Are, are you are you bringing something to the table, or you just want me to respect you because of your age? That's a dumb reason to respect you. You may be a dumbass. <laughs> Why would I be respecting a dumbass just because you're seventy years old? You know, so no, I, I'm not going to respect you just because of your age. Now, I will treat you with respect, but that is not the same thing as respecting you. Because my ability to treat you with the respect that your age has afforded you is different than me thinking you have a voice. There, there's. I've had a lot of bosses that I have respected, but I've respected their position. Um, where are we at? Uh, we're at one thirteen. Okay. Now we're thirteen. I've had a lot of bosses that I've respected purely based on the fact that they're my boss, but I don't respect them as people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're they're dumbasses. Um, but that's a whole different thing. Um, oh, one other thing before we go, if if you're, I don't know if you're wanting to wind it down or not. Um, you know, Oliver, is it Anthony Oliver or Oliver Anthony? Um, that singer. I can't remember which one it was. He's got two first names, but I can't remember which one goes first. Anyway, he's the one that sings, uh, Rich Men North of Richmond. Oh, yes. I saw the TikTok he put out about that. He could have been the voice of a generation if he had not fucked it up in the second verse. And went to that bootlicking bullshit. The first part of the song, Richmond North of Richmond, is absolutely 100% spot on. 
Why are these rich men telling me what to do? I'm going to work. I'm making shit wages. I'm paying taxes. This is bullshit. Class struggle. Why are these rich men making all the rules for me and I'm just barely able to get by? Great first part of the song. Oh, my God. But then when he brings poor people in and starts making fun of them for being poor and fat, that's where he lost them. Yeah. And if he had left those verses out, he 100% could have been a voice of a generation. Because the song is good, the voice is good, the sentiment is good. I mean, just the whole thing is great. It's just that second verse about poor people eating fudge rounds on welfare. He's bitching about welfare. I'm sorry, buddy. You're a lot closer to welfare than you are to these rich men you're bitching about. And these rich men that you're bitching about view you as the same guy, as the same people as the ones eating the fudge rounds on their welfare. Just because you're not on welfare, it doesn't mean that these guys don't view you the same as the people who are. Right. Because they do. I promise you they do. You are a couple of missed paychecks away from being on the street. And... I hope he, he's come out with some interesting things ever since that song came out that kind of put him more in the leftist camp than it does in the right wing camp, even though this has become like a right wing anthem where they're bitching about welfare. Um, but I have hopes that he can kind of redeem himself in the eyes of the liberal, the liberal crowd where he's actually speaking on behalf of class warfare. Because I'm looking at these country singers that are out there right now, and I'm sorry to tell you, but Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and all of these real, real country singers, country boys, these country boys would have absolutely spit in your face for this right wing, uber patriotic boot in your ass bootlicking bullshit that's been coming out of the country music stuff here recently. Ever since 9-11, ever since Toby Keith ruined, ruined country music after 9-11, country has not been the same. <laughs> and it's not been this kind of class warfare stuff. It's been patriotic bootlicking bullshit. And like I said, Johnny Cash would spit in your face. Because these guys were socialists, they were anti-establishment, they were anti-rich men, they were very much anti-authority. And the authorities right now are, I'm sorry to say, they're not the liberals. They're not, we're not the ones in charge. <laughs> Hate to say it. Yep. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. Oh, I saw something on Facebook that I want to try. A hot dog bun, and you put a banana in it, and you put peanut butter on one side, and you put jelly on the other side. Think about a peanut that. butter and jelly sandwich with bananas in it. That's yeah, good. it is. But it's in a hot dog bun, and you just eat it like a hot dog. <laughs> That's revolutionary, my, son, my, my child. <laughs> revolutionary. We should definitely try that. Even though I can't have carbs. <laughs> I can have a few carbs. I can't have carbs tonight, though, because I've already drank a spiked Seagram's, and I'm about to start on my spiked Smirnoff, even though the podcast is almost over. I stopped.
stop drinking because you told me I drank too much and you didn't want the podcast to suck because I drank too much. I did not tell you you drank too much. I said, don't get drunk before the podcast because the podcast sucks when we're both drunk. So I quit drinking. <laughs> we'll go back and quit. Go back and continue drinking. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of weed tonight, so I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to go by the weed store on Sunday. They have they run their deals on Sunday, so I should go by there. <laughs> I can get like a thirty five dollar weed cart that'll last me for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Give me some indica. I'll get me some good sleep. <clears throat> what else you got? Uh, oh, here's another one for you. Yesterday, uh huh, I accidentally ate two pieces of string. Two pieces of string. Okay. And they came out to the gate. They were they were tied together. Mm-hmm. Shit you not. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> and there's another one I saw that somebody said, My grandma told me a joke yesterday and I was pregnant. Well, you know, I was I'm like this, this girl said she was like so many months pregnant and said, my grandmother told me a joke. Mm-hmm. And the joke was, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, crap, 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 where was it? Oh, yeah. If the stork is the bird that delivers the babies, what is the bird that prevents the pregnancy? Does it have something to do with being like a coat hanger or something a swallow a swallow <laughs> it's a swallow <laughs> i don't know that just came to me <laughs> then a little, little quick tidbit that i like getting on tiktok because i like them all the time mm-hmm. it's these things that's um baseball facts that sound fake but aren't okay okay <clears throat> And I had to ex- kind of explain this one to you the other day because when you have an at-bat where you get walked or hit by pitch or if you have a sacrifice fly, sacrifice bunt, that does not count as an official at-bat. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like just a minute ago, Bryce Harper was up in this game that's on the TV. He was two for two with a walk. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when you get walked or hit, it does not count as an official at-bat. Right. In 2004, Barry Bonds reached base more times than he had official Mm at-bats. Which is nuts. So Barry Bonds was walked more than he actually got a hit. No. If you count how many times he... It's either by a home run... Single, double, triple, walked, hit, sack bunt, sack fly, whatever. Mm-hmm. He reached base more times than he had official at-bats. So say if he had 200 official at-bats, he'd reach first 205 times. Damn. Because he was walked that many times. He led the he. I think he may have the record for most walks in a season. 
Who wants to pitch against that guy? The year he broke the home run record. If he gets if he gets a little bit of wood on that ball, it's going out of the stadium. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that literally it's going out of the stadium. It's like he, he proved a physics professor in San Francisco wrong. Yeah. Because they, when they built that stadium, they made the comment about saying, you know, well, we think it'd be cool, you know, to have a stadium out here next to water like this and, you know, home run balls going out in the bay. And this guy, this physics professor, said that's impossible that you're doing this for that reason. Because no amount of force with the density of a bat and the density of a ball can get a ball to go that far. Mm-hmm. And this this dude did it on the regular. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to think, too. And he wasn't the only one. You got to think, too. A four-minute mile was impossible until somebody did it. Because there were there were physics people saying that it was impossible for the human body to go fast enough to hit a four-minute mile. Well, physics still can't prove why a bicycle works. Yeah, physics is one of those. <laughs> physics is one of those sciences that, to me, because I don't know enough about it, sounds completely made up. <laughs> right. <laughs> because like some stuff they're really good at, and some stuff they're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Why does a bicycle work when a guy rides, or a person rides it down the road? Mm-hmm. No fucking clue. There's no <laughs> physical physic explanation explanation to why that works. Well, it's not even when somebody's riding it, because you can take a bicycle and, and push, push it. it, and it'll stay upright. For and they're a while. like, we don't fucking know why it does that. We we don't have the math yet. Now, I fully believe that we will eventually figure the math out on that, but. We just haven't done it yet. See, we're not going to get into this whole conversation because I don't want to go for another hour. I'm, <laughs> I'm done for the night. But if they come up with the math or whatever to explain why it works, uh-huh. because they're the scientist, you're just going to believe them. <laughs> Now you're that getting whole in. science is proven based off of who? Okay, the based on, off the science. The only reason, because yeah, I know you said these other scientists have done the same experiments and they've yes. done the same parameters, yes. so therefore that's why they had to prove did it. Did you see them do the experiment? <laughs> did you see them do it? Nope, no, but they published their work. Okay, well. Bicycles stay upright because of... Ghosts. Whatever. All right. I'm going to send this off. And I published it. So that makes it true. So... So this is why I didn't want to no, say I, this because we're not going to get into no, another I, no, hour conversation. We're not. We're not. Because we already let me, discussed... Let me say my little piece. And came to the part, to the agreement in the past that you're wrong and I'm right on this. Let me say my little piece. The thing that I like about science, where it contrasts with for example religion is the fact that science is all about proving itself wrong Mm -hmm. so if somebody comes up with a hypothesis and they prove that hypothesis Mm -hmm. 15 other people are going to come out of the woodwork and say fuck you and your hypothesis we're going to prove it wrong and if they all prove it wrong then that hypothesis falls but if they can't prove it wrong then they're like, well, shit, I guess you're right. But, okay, like Big Bang Theory. 
what was Leonard's job? Leonard's job was disproving everything he could possibly disprove in science. That was like his entire job. Yeah. To the point where he proved Sheldon wrong at least once. Yep. Because Sheldon had something wrong. So you have these these scientists in physics, mathematics, um, astronomy, all of this other stuff that their literal job is to go out there and prove the other guys wrong. And if they can't prove it wrong, they're like, well, shit. Let's try proving it a different way. And if they can't prove it wrong that way, then, 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 then you've got more and more evidence that this stuff is becoming correct. So I think, uh, was, it, um, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Probably. It, I think it was him. No, 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 no. It was, um, um, oh my gosh, who was that asshole, um, that atheist? Oh my God, what is his name? Bill Nye? No, not Bill Nye. Um, <laughs> he's not an asshole. <laughs> He's just really frustrated with people. <laughs> um, oh, he, he created the office, um, the British uh, office. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, but I can't, I can't, I can't remember his name for right. But but anyway, he was on uh, David Letterman or one of those night nighttime shows or whatever, and they were asking him why does he discount religion so much, and he said, "This is the way I look at it." He says, "If you take science and you take religion." And you just start them at ground zero. Science is going to eventually relearn the things that we have already learned. It may relearn them in a slightly different way, but the ultimate proof is going to be the same. Two plus two is always going to equal two. In religion... Two plus two is always going to equal two? Uh, two plus two is always going to equal four. Sorry. Well, I knew you sucked at math, but Shut damn. up. <laughs> But 2 plus 2 is always going to equal 4 in math. When you're dealing with religion, you can start it at ground zero, and it's going to come up with something completely different. Because it's done that many times throughout history. Over and over, over and over. And it's coming at these wildly different things. Whereas science and the scientific theory is all about taking something that you think to be true and either proving or disproving that thing. And sometimes you can prove it and sometimes you can't. And if you can't prove it, then you need to discard it. And it's all about keeping your mind open to the point where you're learning new things. Whereas religion is closing your mind and accepting something to be just simply because it is. So <clears throat> that's my deal with um, religion and science. And why I trust the science. Thank you very much. Because there's so many people out there who are trying to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've managed to drag us across the finish line. Have you talked about all your stuff? Yeah, I guess. I've talked about all my stuff. I threw my I threw my notepad down a while back. Because I'm tired. And I of guess talking. we're gonna get Parker to make his dinner tomorrow. We can have him make it. Well, no, it's like 8.30 tonight. He can still make it tonight. Not too late. Yeah. He can He can make meatloaf tomorrow. This is something that Thomas has been wanting him to make. Because that kid has got such a good... He's so good in the kitchen. <laughs> he's got such a good instinct in the kitchen for putting stuff together and making it taste good. Oh, so good. But yeah, <clears throat> he's going to cook meatloaf tomorrow. 
I don't like meatloaf, but we're going to uh, try it. So we're going to try it. But anyway, I think that's the end of our podcast. Okay. Aren't you supposed to tell everybody where they can find you at on this and that and this, that Cricket Shake, Cricket Shake 1, blah, 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 blah. Aren't you forgetting all that? I don't think you just did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to look on my Instagram, at Cricket Shake 1, you can see a picture of Thomas when he's, like, passed out after, doing, <laughs> after doing some exercises yesterday. That shit kicked my ass yesterday. That was a good workout yesterday. It was. That was a real good workout. Oh, I hate that commercial. But yeah, um, so you can find me on the socials at Cricket Shea or at Cricket Shea, the number one. Or you can find me on um, MySpace or Instagram or Facebook. MySpace? <laughs> I'm sure I'm probably still on MySpace somewhere. <laughs> oh God, this woman's still using Internet Explorer. I know, right? That's horrible. Netscape. It wasn't Internet Explorer. It was always Netscape. Still getting her, getting her songs off LimeWire. <laughs> it's a real good way to give your computer AIDS. 